Movies and Podcorn is affiliated with the Circuitverse Network. You can go to thecircuitverse.com to check out all our great content on sports and pop culture. Again, that's thecircuitverse.com. Hello and welcome to Movies and Podcorn. We're going to try this again. My name is Adam. I'm your host and I'm joined today by... Joey. <laughs> We're here to discuss... Finding Nemo. Yes, that's the second take of that intro. We forgot what movie we were doing. If that tells you how this podcast is going to go. Um, so yeah, we're here to discuss Finding Nemo, the fifth Pixar film. Uh, Joey, I'll let you go first. What are your taste buds for Finding Nemo? Um, I don't know. I, I used to really like this movie when I was younger. And I watched, I've watched it so many times that uh, I now no longer enjoy it. Um, mm. There's a lot of other things I'm going to discuss about why. I have found the movie less enticing as the years have gone on. But uh, yeah, just, I don't know, used to love it as a kid, used to watch it a lot. Uh, part of the reason why I no longer like it. And yeah, as, as the podcast goes on, I will, like I said, I will get into more depth of why. Um, I'm not a super big fan of this movie. I don't like this movie. <laughs> Unlike you, though, I've never liked this movie. Okay. Um, never really been a fan. I don't like Marlon. Marlon stinks. Maybe it's because I have daddy issues. I don't know. But he's just, he just stinks. And they all stink. Okay. Those are, okay. my taste buds of this movie stink. Oh, okay. <laughs> very, um, and I, I can't say it wasn't coming because we've <laughs> talked about our dislike for this movie, I suppose, uh, in our other podcasts. So I'm not super surprised. Yeah. I love Pixar, but Finding Nemo stinks. <laughs> Let's let's just move on. Colonels and buckets. What are what are some characters you want to talk about today? Um, so three characters I think that really made this movie better are uh, Crush. Crush. Start okay. off with Crush. He's he's a very calming presence. You know, he doesn't really care about too much. Mm. Very laid back as a as a person and a parent. True. Um, let's lets his children do whatever they want. Um, and just kind of has a good vibe going to him, you know, he's, he's, he's very calm, yeah. very relaxed, just goes with the flow. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's just a very good character. He's funny. He's a funny character. Um, he is. and he is important. He is important in this movie as we see, uh, getting them to, uh, getting, getting them to Sydney, uh, from the Eastern Australian current. So yeah, he plays a big role. Yeah. I like crush. It's funny, actually, you know, I rag in this movie a lot. I actually like almost all of the supporting characters in this film. I think they're really fun. It's just the three that they focus on all stink. <laughs> but the, the side characters I really like. I like Crush a lot. He uh, he has my my parenting style, I feel like, when I, you know, if, if I ever have children. I think mm -hmm. I would, I'm just kind of like a, you know, throw them off the deep end and just let's see if they swim or drown. You know, that's kind of my style. That's his style. When, you know, when Marlon freaks out, he's just like, well, let's see if he can do it. And he yeah. does it, you know? Um, so I like Crush. Uh, my first character was Bruce. I, li <laughs> I like Bruce. Excellent, excellent. Um, he brings a great energy to the movie. Um, I wish he'd eaten Marlon, but, you know, I, I find him humorous, one of the side characters I, I very much enjoy. Yeah, good. It's a good character. Um, speaking of side characters, uh, Mr. Ray is another one, and I'll talk. I'll get. I'll get more into depth about him. Um, He's the teacher, right? Yeah, he is okay. the teacher, and I have a hot take about him. I will discuss Ooh. a little later, but um, I don't know. I think he's he's a pretty cool character. You know, he's the teacher. He's the cool science teacher. 
mm. brings him on trips to dangerous places. Uh, yeah. He's a bit nerdy. I do. I like his singing. His singing pleases me <laughs> for some reason. He's just singing yeah. constantly about stuff that no one knows about. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think he's just a, he's a good presence. Uh, I wish he was a little bit more prevalent in the movie. He's only there at the beginning and uh, yeah. at the end. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it'd be. I don't know. I feel like he, he he's like a type of character. He belongs on the escapade to find Nemo for some reason in True. my mind. That's that's what I think about. So yeah, a great character all around. Wish we could have seen more of him. Yeah, if he was with uh, Marlon and Dory, I feel like he could have helped them quite a bit. Yeah, through a lot of those scenarios, uh, he gives off major. Um, I'm going to anger a lot of the audience. I don't remember the name of the teacher in the Magic School Bus. Mrs. Preble, Freckles. Ah, oh, shoot. Miss Whizzle. Wow, I wasn't even close. Mrs. Whizzle. I think so. It's not Mrs. Whistle. I'm pretty sure. Look, it is. look it up. Uh, we'll look. We'll look this up. Look. Uh, I don't think it's any. Anywho, he gives off major, uh, major that woman vibes from the Magic School Bus. Um, I'll talk about uh, Arno. Miss Frizzle. Frizzle. Ms. Frizzle. Okay, so Freckles and Whistle <laughs> combine those. <laughs> gives off major Mrs. Frizzle vibes. Um. All right, so. So you've done two years, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, the other one, another one I had was Gerald. I very much like Gerald, the the um, the pelican, who saves the day. Um, I love how he crashes into the window all the time. Ge- Wait, Gerald? That's not the pelican's name. Yes, it is. It's Nigel. Nigel. <laughs> all right. I don't know any of these names. I guess I like Nigel. Gerald is the pelican that was choking on. Uh, Neem, or, oh, uh, right, right, Nimbor. right, 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 Gerald, yeah, Gerald's the one that tried to eat him. I like Gerald, though. He tried to eat Marlon. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's okay. a good pelican. We'll right just, there. we'll roll with it. We'll roll um, with it. Okay, I like Nigel. He's, uh, he, I love his accent. I love what he does in the film. Keeps crashing into the window. I don't understand why they never thought to, uh, to use Nigel to escape, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll touch more on that later in the pod, but, uh, I like Nigel a lot. Yeah, I had, I also had Nigel, uh, I think without him a lot. You know, Peavy's a big help. Mm. He's uh, he saves Marlin and Dory from being eaten by seagulls. Um, he saves them from being eaten by Gerald. Too bad. Um, yeah, but you know, for the for the movie's sake, it's important. It's an important character. Uh, sure. You know, he he's got connections. It seems like he knows all the pelicans. He knows a lot mm. of fish. He hears the story of Nemo yes. Nemo's rescue mission, and he yeah. decides to help out instead of eating Marlin mm. like you probably would have wanted. So, yeah, he's an important character, and he's a good character. Um, has a good a lot of good lines, I think. He does. Um, speaking of good lines, the third and final kernel I have is are the mine birds. Uh, are they dodo birds? What are they? Seagulls? Seagulls. Seagulls. Se- dodo birds. <laughs> the hell? I don't know. Um, I don't know. And it, seagulls, sure. I, I like them a lot. They provide a lot of comedic moments in oh. the film. With yeah. Mine, mine. Yep. Same, and... one, same one word. Yeah, all all you need is one word. You can make a funny character. True. I mean, the the mind from Bugs Life did it with none. So true. And Marlin's not funny with how many words does he speak in this film? And he's, many. And he's a clownfish. He's not funny. Um, but I like the mind birds a lot. They uh, and I I especially like it when they fly into the uh, billboard or whatever. Yeah. And their beaks are poking out and they're still talking. Um. I I quote them a lot to friends. Yeah. Um. Mind, mind. Yeah. Um, they, oh, yeah. The, the sailboat. They. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not the billboard. The sailboat. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm getting 
a lot of facts wrong on this podcast. <laughs> well, you don't enjoy the movie, so I, I find it hard to memorize a lot of things I, uh, from movies I don't enjoy. And I don't watch those fake documentaries like you do on Netflix, so I don't know a lot of the science stuff. Oh, you mean uh, National Geographic? Yeah, that fake yeah. stuff. Okay. You tell me how they get that close to a tiger. You just tell me. Anywho, uh, I had the mind birds. Um, is that it for our kernels? That is it. All right, let's move on to our buckets section of kernels and buckets here. What's your first scene you liked? Um, so the opening scene, I think, is pretty good. And mm. I will – this is my other hot take, which I will discuss later. But sure. we see in the beginning how Marlon and Coral have moved into a new place, uh, the anemone that's on the edge of the – the edge of the coral reef and we see Marlin excited about it and Coral seems to have some concerns. Mm. And and to me it doesn't appear that she's all that happy. No. Um, she I can't blame her. She doesn't appear <laughs> she just doesn't appear to be, I don't know, super into whatever is going on. And I'll like I said, I'll wait for my hot take to talk about it. But um yeah, I, I think it's a good scene though. It kinda sets the whole movie up pretty well. True. Um, you know, they get all these eggs and then Coral dies, or or so we think. Yeah, um, maybe. maybe. And then, yeah, there's one egg left, and it's Nemo, and yeah, it just it's a good setup for the movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually completely forgot what the opening scene was when we started watching. Um, I forgot that she dies, and all the eggs die except one. So that was uh, they took the wrong fish, but that's fine. Um, yeah, it's a good scene. Uh, I had the AA meeting with Bruce. Okay. And Anchor and Chum. Sure. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, I like how they took a real life thing um, mm. and, and and turned it into a fish thing. Little chum for chummy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really like all that. You know, fish are friends, not food. Another very quotable. This movie, as much as I don't like it, has a lot of quotable things yeah, in it. It does. Um, fish are friends, not food is, uh, is one of those quotable things. Um, have you ever been to an AA meeting, Joey? <laughs> no. I have. I, when I was younger, I, my grandfather on my dad's side, so if you know me, not great. My dad left when I was three, so, but he took me to one of his AA meetings, and it was the strangest experience I've ever had. I did not like it. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why he took me, uh, but. How old you? I was like seven. Like that's not. Appropriate? Yeah. Appropriate, yeah. <laughs> it was very odd. Um, he told me we were going to like the fair. I was very disappointed when I was in a room with a bunch of alcoholics, but anonymous. But I like the scene though. Uh, a good scene. Very funny. And I, again, so close to Marlon getting eaten. So yeah, close. True. Um, for my second scene, I had the meeting Dory scene where Marlon is uh-huh. trying to track the boat and he runs into Dory. I just, I love it because of how frustrating it would be. You know, you meet someone you don't know and you don't know that they have short term memory and yeah. then it's just you know you're 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 frantically searching for your son and then this person comes along and just just slows you right down for a few minutes and it's it's just it seems like it would be very infuriating and i just don't know how marlon even deals with it the fact that yeah. he does deal with it shows what a terrible parent he is you know i would just been true. like sorry sorry see you later i gotta go yeah. the only thing that keeps him is that she's like oh i saw a boat not too long ago but it's like I feel like I feel like her saying that doesn't really help, even if she does know where the boat was going. You know, you know, like yeah. they, like Marlon knew where the boat was going. Like he saw the direction, and he was swimming in that direction. And Dory's the one who stopped him from going in that direction. <laughs> so true. Uh, Do we think Dory actually saw the boat? Could have, maybe not. I don't know. 
She might have. I don't know. Why would you Why would you say you saw a boat if you didn't see a boat? Maybe she thinks she saw the boat. True. Maybe she forgot that she didn't see a boat. Yes, I agree. That would be very frustrating. I don't. I wouldn't handle it well. <laughs> I would probably. I don't even know what I would do. I but I, I wouldn't handle it well. Um, but it is a fun scene. Dory probably. Well, not probably. Definitely the most popular character from this movie, I would say. Yeah. Just yeah. like in terms of society, I would say Dory. I mean, she got her own movie. Yeah, true. So, I would agree. <clears throat> important scene for the film. Um, another scene that I had that was also taking something from real life and turning it into a fish thing was the frat pledge scene from the fish tank. when They're doing basically the fraternity initiation with Nemo. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. The fish tank is my favorite part of the movie. I like those characters a lot. Um, ne- hashtag Nemo was better off in the fish tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I But that was funny to me. I, I enjoy when they take real people things and make them into Pixar things. Yeah. Pleases me. So that's me. Yeah. Understandable. Um, and then my third scene is when the scene where Nigel picks up uh, Marlin and Dory. Um, Good scene. You know, it's a very sketchy scene. You know, we see a pelican saying, get inside my mouth if you want to live. And they, like, don't trust him. But yeah, not. They want, once they get in his mouth, uh, there's quite the chase that happens. Uh, True. And the seagulls, we know, get caught in the sail. Um, but it's, yeah. it's kind of an action scene, sort of, which this movie, I don't know, in my opinion, this movie kind of lacks the action scenes. True. You know? It's kind of, it's a, it's a story with very few conflicts. Like, I know there's the jellyfish forest and whatnot, but... And and you have the, the shark thing, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a lack of action in this movie, and that kind of pushes sure. it up a notch a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I think I like the scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. Um, I mentioned it while we were watching the movie. It'd be a, a cool ride. I haven't been to Disney in like seven years, I think. Yeah. So maybe it is a ride, and I just don't know. But it'd be a fun ride if it was like the Pelican, the Pelican Chase or whatever you want to yeah. call it, where you're riding like your roller coaster seat is the mouth of a pelican. Yep. And you get maybe get wet on the ride too. Like, well, you know, some water would be fun. A fun ride. Um, and my final scene was the montage scene at towards the end where uh, all the different uh, sea creatures are talking about Marlin's journey. And it, and it flashes between a bunch of different things. Um, I picked it because I never caught it before, but it has a couple lobsters who, who talk in the wicked accent, Bob. Yeah, I, I know. The main accent. I never caught that before. Um, pretty cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that is cool. Uh, cool to have Maine, the capital of lobster, the world capital of lobster. At least lobster with claws. No, what? There's, I mean, there's lobster other places in the world, but like the New England region, I'm pretty sure is the only place in the world where the lobsters have claws. Everywhere else, the lobster is just, the tail is like the only part of the meat that you that people really consume. Are but, you more of a tail guy or a claw guy? I think I like the claw better. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm a big tail guy. It, the issue is there's not a lot of claw meat usually, so yeah. I like it all. Lobster's good. I yeah. I used to I worked in a lobster pound for for five years, and we had some we had some good lobster there. That was some good stuff. Um, but yeah, that was my final scene, just because the main reference. <laughs> good stuff. Um, does that wrap up our buckets segment? That does. It does for me. All right. So we're done with kernels and buckets. We made it through one segment. <laughs> let's see if we can keep going. Uh, all right. Let's move now to – what do we want to go to? Let's go to Squid Game. 
Okay. This was really tough for me. Uh, first time in these movies that I didn't have a clear winner when the movie ended and the credits rolled. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up choosing Gil from the uh, from the fish tank mm-hmm. because he seems uh, he's an out of the box thinker. You know, he comes up with all these ways to escape. Yeah. Um, he he's very daring. I mean, he yeets himself out of that fish tank onto Darla's head. Yeah, <laughs> to save Nemo. Um, so he's courageous, seems pretty smart, um, and he's you know he seems just like experienced. And, you know, he's not going to make stupid mistakes. I think. So I went, sure. with, I went with Gil. I don't know. I can understand that. Uh, like you said, it's hard to pick, especially where these are all like animals. Um, yeah, I don't think the fish are going to do well in our final <laughs> Ultimate yeah. Squid Game of Pixar. No, uh, I chose Nigel. To win, okay, because he's—I mean—he's a pelican. He can swim. He can fly. He can walk. He can do everything. Um, he's versatile. It's a good he's, very, he's very versatile, and that's—that's that's pretty much it. Because uh, he's a character, I don't really consider the other pelicans uh, characters because they're just kind of there. They don't really yeah. have lines. True. He's the only one, and yeah, he can—he can swim. He can, you know. I just—I just think what this for what the Squid Game is and what it requires. I feel like he'd be kind of a clear winner, but I—I I don't know. I could be wrong. No, that's a good pick. I'm jealous of that pick. That's a, that's a good pick. He 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 beats Gil. He, <laughs> he eats Gil. That the cookie game, like he gets the cookie out and then he just eats Gil, yeah. and that's that's that. So that's a good pick. I'm jealous of that. Um, all right, so that wraps up our Squid Game segment of who would win the Squid Game. Um, but I think it's safe to say both of us don't aren't picking the winner of this movie to win the ultimate one. No, probably. Yeah. No. Um, All right, so we are going to take a quick break and be right back with some more segments here on Movies and Popcorn. All right, welcome back to Movies and Popcorn, and now it's time for some burnt popcorn, where we're going to give some hot takes. Uh, Do you want to go first, Joe, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first, because I actually have a couple this week. Um, All right. First hot take, and this this is something that's been on my mind for a few years now with this movie. Uh, Coral didn't die. All right. That is my that is like my it. big hot take. I like it. Um, as I mentioned for one of my scenes, the first one where the, it's the opening scene where I mentioned Coral doesn't seem too thrilled about the idea of them living on the edge of the reef. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't seem super happy in general. You know, Marlon says, "Oh, do you remember how we met?" She says, "I try not to." Yeah, I would try um, not to. Remember. I try not to remember how I met Marlon too. Yeah, and she just doesn't <laughs> seem very very happy. Um, and then the barracuda comes, the big fish. Yep. Um. And it's the, it's the classic movie thing, you know, we didn't see her die. We didn't see her get eaten. And I know it's a Pixar movie, they're not going to show, like, blood and stuff, but you would think that they would show, like, her being swallowed or something by the fish. Mm. They don't show that. So, personally, I don't believe she died. I think what happened is after Marlin gets knocked out by the fish, she collected the eggs, uh, you know, a few at a time, and she left. Mm. I think she left him. That's my hot take. I think, she, I think she left him, and then she left him one egg, because, first of all, the egg was damaged. Yeah. Uh, and second of all, because she figured out, well, I'll leave him one, and he'll name it Nemo because that's the name I wanted to give it anyway. Sure. Um, and he'll he'll think that I died. Um, and yeah, and then there'll be one at least one named Nemo. So you know, and he can use it to remember me by or whatever. But I think she was very unhappy in that relationship. And I think I think she I think she left him. I don't think she died. That's my hot all take. Right. That's my first one. Some Michael Myers chicanery going on. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I like it. I like it. Definitely, you know, I don't blame her for not being happy with Marlon. He's kind of a 
he stinks. <laughs> he just he just stinks. Just uh, irrational dislike. I just, I hate Marlon. It's such a passion. Um, and they don't. And yeah, yeah. Um, but I like it. I like that take. It's a good take. Um, definitely, if you don't see the character die, they're probably not dead. Yeah. yeah. But God, I hope we do not get a Finding Nemo three, because then we're gonna have to do it. <laughs> And I don't want to watch it. So. I hope you're wrong, but I like the take. Um, <clears throat> that's a good take. My uh, my first take, I'm very passionate about this. Uh, this is one of the two Pixar movies, and I'll save the other one to when we get to it. But one of the two Pixar movies that is just absurdly overrated. I don't get why people love this movie at all. I don't understand it. Marlon stinks. Nemo is just not fun to spend time with marlin is even worse and here's here i have a theory i have i have a i have a rule when it comes to movies okay if your most likable character which i think we could agree they're going for dory is the most likable character in the film okay if your most likable character doesn't know what's going on in the movie why do i care what's going on in the movie and then one of your other most likable characters, Crush, doesn't care what's going on in the movie. He's just high. Which goals. But if that character doesn't care, and the most likable character doesn't know, why do I care what this movie's about at all? Fair. You know, that's Fair like enough. watching, I just mentioned Michael Myers, so it's on the brain. If we watched Halloween, the new Halloween, talk about stinks. That movie stinks. That, that'd be like if Laurie Strode just doesn't care what Michael's doing. And it's like, well, why do I, why would I care what Michael's doing if Laurie doesn't care? Just, I just, this movie stinks. <laughs> That's my hot take. Overrated, <laughs> highly overrated film. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. It's, it's not my favorite movie. Uh, you, you, you're definitely, uh, you definitely have a stronger point of view about not liking it <laughs> than I do. But, um, but yeah, understandable. I think that, I think that's a good point. Um, yeah, if the, if the likable characters don't care or know, as yeah. you mentioned, then what, yeah, what is the point? I think I think that's a good point, and I didn't really think of that or consider consider much about that. So, yeah, well, well done, well done. Uh, do you have any other hot takes? Um, yeah, so th this is one. This one isn't as big of a deal. The, the first one I mentioned is really that was my big one. Yeah. Um, the next one, Mister Ray is a poor authority figure. No, for sure. Um, and and I like. I, f I figured a lot of people, or at least you in this case, would agree. But um, let's 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 take a look, shall we? You know, he sure. he's the teacher. You know, the first day he picks up everyone. He kind of disregards Marlin's concerns about Nemo. Yeah, first um, rule of teaching is and, don't and, disregard. And by, and by no means, yeah. by no means, do I I think that Marlin is a good parent um, because yeah. I don't think. He, I mean, the whole movie is called Finding Nemo, so the parent he lost his son. Yeah, not great. And he lost his wife, so not good. He's not the best parent, but. You know, he brings up some concerns about Nemo's swimming abilities. And Mr. Ray just says, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll take care of him. He'll be fine. You know, kind of disregards the concerns. And as you said, for a teacher, that's not something that's good. You know, you yeah. got to gotta address the concerns. But yeah. then, um, you know, we see them go to the drop-off. Um, and he says, oh, I'll keep an eye on him, whatever. But he gets very distracted by the little orb or with the little, <laughs> like, phytoplankton, whatever it was they were looking yeah. at. And then Nemo and the three other kids just disappear, and he has—he doesn't seem to even know that they're missing, uh, which no. kind of proves Marlin's point of you know you, you have a big class, you can't keep an eye on all of them, and obviously he couldn't. Yeah. So I think 
I, I think in this situation, um, you know, I think, I think he's a poor authority figure. And if that's in, in the first few minutes, you know, that's all we get of him and that happens. So True. That, that's, that's my take. He's a, he's a poor, he's a poor authority figure. And it, you know, now that I'm saying it, I feel like it's not such a hot take since you agreed with me so quickly, but <laughs> I think it's just an important overall point to make. I feel like a lot of people like Mr. Ray and I like him as a character, but True. just not, just shouldn't be an authority figure. He makes science fun. For he sure. does. But uh, definitely drop the ball. Drop the ball there. Um, all right, and my final hot take is: is this this film is thirty minutes too long? Um, you know, I know I don't like the film, but it's a very long film. It's it's nearly two hours, and it doesn't need to be that long. I think you could cut out the whole segment of the whale, where Dory and Nima, uh, Dory and Marlin get sucked up into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's super important. Uh, it just takes like seven minutes of the movie yeah to just not really do anything with it and i think there's a lot of this movie that's just that could be trimmed let's get this down to like 120 not 140 yeah no i i I agree with that that's something i always thought about as a kid too the whale scene just seemed so long yeah and it seems so unimportant you know they they it'd be one thing if it's like oh the whale picks them up and then like sends them off track or something, you know, yeah. brings them farther away mm. and they don't know where they are, but the whale drops them off right in Sydney, which, you know, I guess it's like, oh, the whale helped them get closer because they didn't really know where they were going beforehand. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like, I, I don't it's, know. It's very repetitive of like, they have the shark and then they have the anglerfish and they have the whale and they have the jellyfish. And yeah. It's just like so many beats are the exact same of like, oh, Marlon and Dory, are they going to die? Yeah. Please die. And they just <laughs> never do. Um, so I think it could have been trimmed to make it a little shorter. The more palatable. Um, is that it for you for burnt popcorn? Ah, uh, yes, it is. All right, that's it for me as well. So that wraps up our burnt popcorn segment. So now we're going to get into "Do you want butter on that?" Our unanswerable question segment, where we ask some questions we should probably know the answer to, but we ask them anyway. Uh, what's your first question? Uh, my first question is what? Why does why does Disney insist on not following the way nature works? Um, I, as we watched this movie, I mentioned it several times and I know it's a, I know it's a movie. I have to keep saying that to myself. It's a movie, <laughs> Yeah. you know, things happen that are out of the ordinary, but I, I just, there's a lot of things I don't like. I don't like how, when they get stung by the jellyfish, they make it like an electrical shock. Mm. Okay. That's not how jellyfish work. And they do this in like every, not just Pixar, but like every, you know, SpongeBob is another great example. You know, the jellyfish sting like like electrical currents. It's that's just mm. not how it works. That's not how nature. And I could go into explaining how it works, but that's not really the point. I just don't like that. I don't like the way the currents work. You know, a current isn't just a line <laughs> in the water that that moves. It is True. it is the water moving. You wouldn't you just wouldn't see a current like like that specifically. Just like a tube yeah. of water that's moving faster. <laughs> yeah. Currents do not work that way. They they do not. Um. So yeah, that's, that's another issue I have. And then just, just like some of the interactions, like, you know, I know you like the Alcoholics Anonymous scene with the sharks, but I mean, first of all, a shark, I feel like of that size is not going to be interested in eating a fish that small. And second of all, it should, sharks eat fish. Like why, why would sharks be trying not to eat fish? What are they going to eat? They're not friends. They're food. I I just, it it bothers me. It bothers me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's just, just things like that. They, they it just doesn't go the way nature goes, and I, I wish they'd, they w- I wish they would have just made it a little bit more like nature, where there's more like mm. threats like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and 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 fish, 
fish that have interactions with jellyfish don't survive in most cases, you know, like, like Dory, Dory, like Dory getting in the tentacles of the jellyfish wouldn't survive. It just wouldn't happen. For sure. Jellyfish Um, are designed to take in fish like that. Really? They are, they, that, that is what they do. They have, I explained to you how it works. I'm not going to, like I said, not going to explain it over here, but fish of Dory and Marlin size are the ones that get eaten by jellyfish. Just how it works. Did but, you learn that in your fake documentaries that you watch? I yes, I did. Yes, the, the fake the fake nature documentaries that are shot on camera, on live camera. Anyway, not important. <laughs> well, I mean, Thanos is shot in the camera, but he's you know. Well, I, I used a poor choice of wording. This, <laughs> no, I get anyway. what you uh, you you do bring a, you bring a lot of uh, a lot of animal kingdom knowledge to this podcast, which I enjoy because I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah. So you, I try. I try. You, you really shine in those situations. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Well, you know, definitely not realistic uh, in some cases. Does pee work on jellyfish? Is that true? Do you pee on a jellyfish sting? Is it so it's, it, it's, it has to do with what's in your urine. I guess, I, I, think, it, I think it's true that urine can uh, counteract the effects of jellyfish venom, but at the same time, using vinegar is so much more effective. There's really no reason to ever pee on a jellyfish sting. Um, what if like you just really want to well i mean you could and it i suppose it would help a little bit but not as much as if you just use vinegar i feel like interesting yeah um you're as dwight shrew says in his um his uh recording to get into the office when they all like when they were choosing characters to get into the office um choosing the cast yeah uh in the interview dwight shrew says urine is sterile true and you can heal a wound using urine in the field um and it is true but it is not the most effective interesting all right well there's your md section of the podcast uh all right so my first question is uh how many dentists do you know that go deep sea diving in their time off to catch fish for a fish tank in their office I actually know two dentists, and neither one of them do that. So it's it just seems strange to me that this dentist on his on his day off or whatever is just going deep sea diving to catch a fish for his fish tank. There's no Petco. Yeah, and he bought here. And, no... and he bought all of his other fish online. Or yeah, got them from just, there. So what what's the point of I don't know? It seems like a lot of trouble to go through for a fish that doesn't even have a, two proper working fins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And. And also, who's the other guy with him that takes the picture of Marlon? Exactly. We, we never see who that is. Is that his dental assistant? He doesn't seem to have one. Uh, I don't know. It just, it just seems strange to me. Yeah. Uh, de- that's not normal dentist behavior. No, I, I agree completely. Uh, yeah. So that's my first question. That's a good one. Um, my second question is, what is up with Dory's memory? And you mentioned this hmm. uh, towards the beginning of the movie, when they first meet. Dory states she has short-term memory loss, but then yes. can't remember her family, which is, yes. a, as you stated, a long-term memory. And that's mm. that's something I, w- I was wondering about. Um, just, you know, sh- we know what short-term memory is. You can't remember things that just happened. Um, yeah. And long-term memory loss is you can't forget. I mean, I, or you can't remember things that happened a long time ago. And she seems to have both of those issues um, at that part in the movie. And I believe there's a couple others that I will try to think of. Um, but, I mean, not in the moment. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, the memory thing seems a bit spacey. You know, she... Yeah. And, and then, like, in the end of the movie, she has, like, the epiphany. She, like, remembers everything. 
mm. seeing it, which I suppose it does happen to people, but it, it seems it seems like they're crossing the two types of memory loss a lot. So yeah, it seems like why does that she happen? she either forgets things or remembers things whenever it's convenient for the plot. Yeah, and it's not super consistent. It does seem like the family thing would be long term. I would imagine, um, but yeah, I yeah I agree. She's a little a little sporadic with her memory and memory loss. My second question is how strong are these fish? We see Marlin multiple times. So in the beginning scene, um, he like hits the fish mm -hmm. and the fish like moves. Marlin's very small compared to that fish. I feel like even slapping him is not going to move yeah. the fish. Yeah. And we also see when Marlin and Dory are escaping Bruce, they like slam shut the, the security hatch on the ship. Like, yeah. And it's just, there's so many, there's another instance that I'm blanking on, um, but there's so many instances where Marlon just like does something, like slaps something and it moves. Yeah. It just, it doesn't seem like he's that strong. No, clownfish are small. They don't, they're not strong by any means. I just, yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good one that I didn't consider. Mm. Um, my third one is uh, why didn't Nemo, and this is also kind of a hot take. Why didn't Nemo play dead from the start? Okay, True. so he gets he gets put in the fish tank, um, and Gil Gil knows that playing dead. He I mean he mentions it that playing dead is something you can do, mm. um, and I don't get you know if he really didn't want to be in the fish tank at all during you know while he was waiting for his dad. I don't get why he wouldn't just play dead and then would be flushed down the toilet. Now I know the dentist was trying to put him in the trash can whenever he realized he was dead when he's in the bag, but. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like he should have played dead from the start if he really wanted to get out so badly. He could have avoided everything. He could have avoided Darla. He wouldn't have to go in the, the thing yeah. to stop the, the cleaner, the tank cleaner. He, all of that could have just been avoided if he played dead. Yeah. Yeah. Darla, what a menace that woman is. Yeah. She's seriously. There's a reason the music plays whenever she <laughs> enters the room. That is funny. Yeah. He, yeah. He definitely should have just played dead from the start. Could have saved him a lot of trouble. Then again, he is, he is Marlon's son. True. So, um, I will say that reminds me. There was one thing of Marlon that I really liked when uh, when him and Dory were in the pitch black part, mm -hmm. um, and he goes, "It's your con. I'm your conscience. We haven't spoken in a while." But I I never noticed it before, obviously, because I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. In uh, Captain America: Civil War, uh, an MCU movie, which I think we might do the MCU someday for a season. Um, Ant-Man goes inside, he gets really small and, and shrinks inside Tony Stark's Iron Man suit and says that exact same line. It's your conscience. We haven't spoken in a while. Um, so I'm assuming they got it from this movie. Yeah, they probably did. So, you know, I rag on Marlon a lot, but that's props to Marlon for that one specific thing. Mm. Um, my third and final question is how have they never thought to use the bird to escape the fish tank? Yeah. Like, yeah, like Nigel could easily just, because we see him have multiple times through this movie, he goes and has conversations at the fish tank with these fish. Why couldn't he just scoop in when the dentist isn't looking and just take one or two in his beak and fly to the ocean? Seems very easy. And they could have all escaped in like a day. It seems much easier than rolling in the bags, which then they can't get out of when they get in the ocean. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% with that. Um, and as versatile as Nigel is, and as, and for how many times he goes into that office unnoticed. 
it, it should be extremely <laughs> simple. Yeah. Yeah. Poor security at this dentist's office. What is he doing? Yeah. And you think he just closed the window, which he does at one point, but Nigel can just open it. And, so. and not sanitary for a medical practice. Yeah, exactly. And he seems to get distracted. Does he extract people's teeth without, you know? Uh, yeah. Just, uh. yeah. Nigel, they definitely should have used Nigel to escape. Um, do you have any more questions? Um, nope. That was the end of my questions. All right. So that wraps up our, do you want butter on that segment? We're going to take another short break and be right back to test how well Joey knows Finding Nemo. All right. Welcome back to Movies and Podcorn. And it is time to see how well Joey knows Finding Nemo. Uh, how well do you think you're going to do today, Joey? Not well. No? I don't know why. I just have a feeling. I think, I think you're definitely going to get one of these for sure. Okay. Um, the other two, maybe not. Um, you did pretty well last week. Did you go three for three last week? No, nope. two for no, three, I think. Two for three. But still, I think two, I think anything over one out of three is decent. So, all right. Well, let's see if we can get it. Uh, so the first question: um, When Nemo goes to school for the first time, yeah, we see a bunch of different fish, and then we see a fish yell to uh, its son Sheldon. It said, "Sheldon, don't play in Blank's yard." Who is the fish? Whose yard? Is the fish that Sheldon was playing in? It's the name is of that fish. Mr. Johansson. It is Mr. Johansson. You got it right. One for one. All right. So you're. I think you're definitely going to get two. At least two, right? Okay. Nice work. I didn't. I did not think you'd get that one. All right. I don't know how I remembered that honestly. Uh, I don't either. I barely remembered it. and I wrote it down. It seems like such an unimportant part of the scene. Oh, highly unimportant. But the whole movie's unimportant. So yeah. <laughs> uh, all right number two you're gonna get this one what is the address on the mask that nemo and uh marlin and dory find p sherman 42 wallaby way sydney i know the first part's the name but yeah so. yeah 42 wallaby way sydney yeah got that right i knew you'd get that one that one that one was easy that was a softball i gave you uh all right so two for two can you go three for three i doubt it but if i do on this movie i'm gonna be upset you i think you might get this I think you got the hardest one, Mr. Johansson. Um, so the fish tank, there are, there's a bunch of stuff in the fish tank. There's a mountain in the fish tank. What is the name of that mountain? Mount Wanahakaluki. Ladies and gentlemen, Joey just went three for three. On this movie. The first God. perfect score you have in the Pixar universe. I, I'm really upset that it was on this movie, though. <laughs> and not on Monsters, Inc. And not on Monsters, Inc., one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, one of my favorite animated movies of all time. I, I'm, I'm upset. I'm actually upset that I know this movie better than Monsters, Inc. I would be interested if we switched this around and you gave me trivia. I think there's a good chance I would have gone over for 3. Okay. Maybe we should start doing that. We should start doing double double trivia. So it's like it's like I give you a question and you give me a question. Sure, we can do that next week. We'll start that. Um, I, these questions, I would have gotten the address one right, and maybe the mountain one. I don't think I would have gotten the first one right. And yeah, if I didn't make the questions, I think there's a good chance I go over three. Okay. Okay. Uh, but well done, Joey. I'm proud of you. Three for three. Thank you. All right. We're going to take one last quick break and be back to hand out some corny awards and rank the Pixar films. All right. Welcome back to Movies and Podcorn. And now it's time to hand out some awards. With our riff on the Dundee Awards, we're going to be handing out some corny awards for this film. 
Uh, Joey, what's your first corny award? Uh, the first one goes to Crush. Okay. I gave him the Doobie Doobie Award. So did I. I knew. Oh, I had a feeling that might happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did as well. Um, yeah, he's he's a laid back stoner. Mm. Um, what can I say? And his his attitude and presence in the movie is worthy of an award, in my opinion. Agreed. One of the best parts of the movie. Stoned to the bone in this film. Just obliterated. Um, of course, Doobie Doobie is a reference to the Dundee Award that Michael gives Andy and it's in the final Dundies. Mm -hmm. um, Doobie Doobie Pothead Award. Um, wow, it's two weeks in a row we've we've handed out the pretty much the exact same award. Last week we had the undercover one with Roz and this yeah. week Doobie Doobie with Crush. Interesting. Great minds think alike. I suppose they do. Minds think alike. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess then, you know, we covered mine. So let's jump to your second one then. Okay. Um, so my second one <laughs> went to Marlon. Gave him worse parent. Oh. Wow. Simpatico today. Yeah. <laughs> you, you as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Worst parent. Um, you know, the, the movie's named or titled Finding Nemo. He's lost his son, lost his wife to... To, ha to how he lost his wife, I'm not sure whether it was she left him or if she actually did die. Still mm. to be determined. Um, but uh, yeah, couldn't hang on to his wife. And then he finds Nemo at the end of the movie, and then he almost loses him again in the fishing net. I know Nemo can <laughs> yeah. get out of the fishing net, but still, you know, just you find your kid and you let him pull a stunt like that, you know, pretty pretty risky. Um, yeah. And then and then as we see in the, the sequel that we're going to be watching eventually, they lose Dory. Oh, they lose Dory. Well, that Dory gets lost, and wow, I don't remember. Marlon and Nemo are present, so I'm I'm just I'm just throwing things out there. But yeah. wow, you know, ter terrible parent though. Terrible. Yeah. Tough look for Marlon. Um, it, it is. They they. I think I think Pixar doesn't like Marlon with the way he's put through these movies. But anyway, yeah. So that's I give him the worst parent award. Yeah, I gave him the worst father award, and I know a thing or two about worst fathers. Yeah, you you know uh, more than I. <laughs> Uh, well, does it count as a worse father if you don't have a father? If he left when you were... Yes. No, you actually just brought up a great point, too. It's called Finding Nemo. The titular character in this film is Nemo. He's not in it that much. No. We don't focus on Nemo. We focus on Marlon. Another part, another theory that I have. If you're naming a movie after someone, make them the main character of the movie. Another theory of why this movie stinks. Yeah. Um, but Marlon, worst father. We see him when Nemo, you know, wants to go touch the butt, which is a fun scene. I like that scene. With the, the inking, the, what, is, what is the? Squid. Squid. The squid, squid game. Squid inks. That's humorous. I enjoy that. He goes to touch the butt. Marlon just lets him go. And we see, you know, Nemo, he slaps the thing. And Marlon just keeps yelling, get back here. Go get him. Yeah. Can you not swim out there? Go get your son. Like that that frustrated me. Just go get the fish. And then we see him again at the end, as you alluded to, lets him go in the net. And I really, I really wanted Nemo to die right there, just to teach Marlon a lesson mm -hmm. of like, you let him go what you lost him once. You went through this whole what felt like a 19-hour movie to go get him. And you let him go again right after you get him. You let him go. It just it would have served him right for Nemo to die. Yeah, I wish it had happened. Um, and everyone focuses on Marlon being a bad parent. I don't think that's a hot take because of Nemo. 
Well, let's let's circle back to your favorite scene in the beginning. He has like 400 other children that he just lets go. This fish comes and smacks him silly, knocks him out. He doesn't defend his family. He loses over 400 children. I mean, just, he's got illegitimate sons and daughters left and right in this ocean. Yeah. Just awful, up and down, all around. Terrible parent. Okay, understandable. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Yeah. Um, and my third award, let's see if we can go three for three. I think there's a realistic we're, chance. Uh, we're definitely not going three for three. Okay. I would be shown. Stop. I picked uh, Nigel with the MVP award. No. Yeah, we didn't. Okay. Um, I like it, though. If if he, I, I like to choose an MVP because there's always the most valuable player. Sure. Um, and I, I think, you know, he, he kind of relays some information information to Marlon and Dory about mm. where his son is. He he has a lot of connections, it seems like. He knows everyone. He seems to know everyone. Mm. He knows all the pelicans. He knows all the fish in the fish tank in the office. He just seems to know people. He's got connections. Which makes him sure. very important yeah. in this film. Sure. Um, and he's ballsy. You know, he goes right up to that dentist office every day <laughs> and he goes yeah. in. And he doesn't he just doesn't care. Um yeah he fought the dentist in this <laughs> Yeah. So I think I with that I think enough said he's the MVP. That's a great award. I love it. I would have also been fine with uh, a little bit. Be, there'd be a bit more to talk about it, but if Gil was the MVP, I would also understand that a little bit. Um, sure. But no, I think I think I think it's Nigel. Gil does almost get Nemo murdered. True. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had a feeling we weren't going to go the same on the third one. So this movie does have a lot of allusions that I like, a lot of references, and. I chose this, so I chose the Shining Award and gave it to Bruce because we see when Bruce is chasing uh, Marlon and Dory, mm -hmm. and he's in the, they're in like the the ship submarine thing, and he pokes his head through the door and he's like, "Here's Brucey," which is a clear homage to "Here's Johnny." Yeah. Um, in the Shining, uh, the Shining is one of my favorite horror movies ever. Okay. I, I love it, and and I chose this reference over all the other references because this movie parallels the Shining to me in one major way mm -hmm. is that I'm supposed to root for Marlon in this film. And I hate him. And I feel like in the shining, a lot of people root for Wendy. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I root for the crazy ax murderer who's trying to kill her. So, uh, you know, I found that nice parallel and that's why I gave the shining award to Bruce. Okay. But I, Fair. if I was going to give an MVP, it definitely would have been Nigel okay. or Gerald, who I thought it was. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right, so that wraps up our corny awards. So now we're going to get into our final segment, our Pixar rank. Um, so, Joey, I believe you have Monsters, Inc. number one, Toy Story number two, Toy Story 2 number three, and A Bug's Life number four, correct? Yes. All right, so where does Finding Nemo fit into that for you? Uh, Finding Nemo, I think it's not my favorite movie. Um, I used to like it a lot as a kid. I think it stays above A Bug's Life. Okay. For me. And I know that's probably not going to be the case for you, but when I think about it, I I used to like Finding Nemo a lot when I was younger. Mm. I was never a big fan of Bugs Life. Mm. I mean, it was always, I you know, if I, if I was a, when I was a kid, if it was on, yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah. Bugs Life. But, you know, I, I think if I, if I made a chart of how much I enjoyed the movies over the years, all the movies that I've seen from sure. Pixar, you know, Finding Nemo at one point was high. Okay. And, it, and it's dipped. And yeah. it's dipped because of how many times I've watched the movie. But yeah. Bugs Life was always kind of, it was always lower. 
mm. and it was a straighter line. You know, it's it's like ah, so it's, it's okay. okay. Um, so I think Finding Nemo goes fourth for me. That's fair, and I like the way you put that. Um, it's 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 like the way we talk about um, sports. If we're arguing who the greatest of all time is, there's always the classic argument of, do you take the peak of when they were at their best, or do you take their longevity, their entire career? And it's kind of two different arguments. So, yeah. and for you, you know, your peak of Finding Nemo was higher than Bugs Life ever was. Right. So that's fair. Um, all right. Uh, so my picks I ran coming to this was Toy Story Two was number one, Toy Story was number two, Monsters Inc was number three, and Bugs Life was number four. And I have gone, you know, I've thought about this a lot this week, Joey, about what I was going to do with this. Because I didn't know. I didn't know. I wanted to keep an open mind watching this film. I didn't want to go in just closed off. I hate this movie. And, I, and, I, and it stinks. I don't like this movie. I think I'm going to put it number four. I think I'm going to put it ahead of A Bug's Life. Really? And I think both movies have this similar structure of I don't like the main character. I don't like Flick. I don't like Marlin. I don't like Princess Ada. I don't like Nemo. Dory is fine. I'm fine with Dory. And but I really like the side characters in both films. Um, so it was a toss-up. I think the music is better in Bugs Life, but I think visually this movie is much better. It's much much better to look at if you just put it on mute, which I think I'd enjoy this movie much more on mute. I would I would like it more. And I think the the whole fish tank scene is fun. I equate that to the circus in the, in the yeah. bug's life. It's kind of similar to me. Um, and I have to recognize that this movie is very popular this, and it's very quotable. I, I say a lot of quotes from this movie, the mine mine. I say that a lot. Just keep swimming is very popular. I've said that many times. Mm-hmm. Fish are friends, not food. I say that. And so I think it's just, it's this movie's beaten me down and beaten me down. And I've decided to put it number four ahead of a bug's life. I don't feel great about it. I apologize to a bug's life, but that's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to put it number four. Okay. Um, bug's life will not stay at the bottom, though. No, know? and I none of these movies will be at the at that very bottom. There's movies I like less, um, but I'm not going to spoil anything about where I put movies. Yeah, there is one surefire for me that is the bottom with a bullet. <laughs> um, it's not any of these. Um, so there you go. That wraps up our our less than enthusiastic episode on Finding Nemo um again make sure to check us out you can listen to all our podcasts on spotify on itunes on anchor you can go to the circuitverse.com there's a whole podcast section on there where you can listen to all our stuff um and make sure to tune in next week it's gonna be super that's for sure um that's your hint for next week uh for joey i'm adam this is movies and popcorn thanks for listening and have some popcorn